With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Today on Stick to Football, Connor is at a wedding. No, it is not his. Yes, we are sad about that. So, you get me and Mello. It's Miller time on Stick to Football. That is not an ad, but it should be if someone wants it. Uh, we are going to break down the NFL season, put a bow on it. We're going to give you our playoff Super Bowl predictions, our postseason awards. Draft on Draft is back. Thank God I need a beer. It's going to be a fun night. It is. And just to you know, emphasize, that is not an ad read for Miller Lite. Because to tell you, it would take a lot of money for them to sponsor. Yeah, it would take a lot for you to be like, yeah, I'm okay with them being a sponsor? Yeah. We have a lot of items that we talk about on the show that actually aren't sponsors and i do want to talk about one it is honey fire because i know that we tweeted out was it this week or last week i don't know all my days are running together but that our parents actually went to honey fire and brought us back some of their sausage and i saw you tweet about it and somebody even replied to it, it was like oh that's a sponsored ad it's not it's not we talk about a lot of stuff it's on just here good. it's just us giving you life advice. I don't think we have one sponsorship from anyone or anything in Nashville or probably even the state of Tennessee. We're just trying to help you guys out. Yeah, we just want you to eat good food and drink good beer and people helping people. That's what Stick Football is all about. There is some news, though, to talk about because training camps are opening all across the league, which is nice. That I can't wait to overreact on Twitter to training camp play-by-plays. You know, like the first time Daniel Jones overthrows someone, Giants beat writers are going to be like, here's a video I can take of this. Today. Did it happen today? <laughs> Son of a bitch. I'm moving, so I haven't been on Twitter a whole lot. Here's my thing. If you listen to this and you're a beat writer, I know you got to get those tweets off, and retweets are fun. They're addicting. It's like a little drug for all of us in the media. Like, oh, man, look how many retweets I got. Don't be that guy. You know who's like, man, Daniel Jones threw one bad pass in training camp. Let me get a video of it or tweet about it. Pat throws bad passes in practice. Yeah, I saw another Brady one. Brady throws bad passes. I've, I've been off Twitter, too. I was thinking about like buying a new vehicle, so I've been doing that this week. But I've been off Twitter a lot as well. Uh, stick to Football Hall of Fame. No reason to come check on me. I'm fine. But I saw another person tweet out that like they've stopped counting how many interceptions Pat Mahomes is going to throw in practice or something like that. Like, duh, it's, he's going to throw a time. lot. Like, now is the time to yeah, do that, to try new more things. Risks. Like, in your offense, you want to get that timing right. So, especially for these quarterbacks, if you have a safety creeping over the top, you're going to want to test that arm out and see if you can fit it into. Because it's just practice. You're not going to say, well, probably should play a little conservative. I'm going to hit the check down instead. No, you're going to fucking throw to that post Fire route. That pigskin. Late over the middle doesn't even matter anymore. Just get your timing right. Find your receiver. 
numbers where they're supposed to be. Like, don't overreact to what's happening in training camp. Very yeah, excited that he's starting. Don't. Yeah, same. But just don't. Or you know, if somebody makes like a good hit, like our buddy uh, Matt, Matt Bowen, Bowen did when years he ago, killed Trunk candidate. We can talk about that. I don't care how many I interceptions see they throw. Crazy catches. I want to see big hits. I want to see yep. juke. Like I want to see Saquon juke someone out and then hurdle a guy. Somebody sent me a video of Mike Gasecki making a sweet run, one handed grab in the red. I zone. want to see that. I I'm see here that. for it. I don't care what, about these negative plays. I don't I mean, even, it's training camp, I'm not man. here for it. Do you know how many? Like, I was this terrible high school player. Do you know how bad I was in practice? Like, you think I was bad in games. You should see me in practice. Same. I was yeah. real bad. Because that's how you learn. Like, you're going to make mistakes. So, anyway, that's my rant. Don't be that guy. But there is news because of training camps. And it's basically a list of players who are holding out. Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Jane Slater, uh, NFL Network. She's amazing at her job. She's hilarious. Uh, she's a great reporter. She was on, like, Zeke Watch today. and was like, he has a seat on the plane, but the plane's about to take off and he's not on it. And so it's just, it was, like, hilarious getting the tweet notification from her account of like is Zeke on the plane or not he is not he was not on the plane although she did add you can pay your own way to training camp if you want so he has until tomorrow morning officially but he was not on the team plane I mean correct me if I'm wrong here he said he was gonna hold out well I don't think it was ever like official like nobody actually it got word Facebook from him and kind of holding out yeah I mean I don't expect him to do it a lot of rumors, a lot of people talking about how he was going to hold out. So if he's going to, he's going to. I I don't care if he's on the plane or not. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, why there. And I, go ahead. I did uh, more Twitter news. I did hear a lot of people talking about, oh, he's going to be out of the country. Like He can't even negotiate his contract. He's going to be out of the country. There's, what's he going to do? I don't know if any of y'all have ever been out of the country. Still pretty damn easy to communicate. There's still. Yeah. There's, Wi-Fi. They have internet. I think Zeke can afford the international plan on right? his cell phone. Yeah, I, I think he'll be okay. Also, I don't know if you guys know this, but players don't actually negotiate their contracts. You exactly. pay an agent for that. Who gives a shit where he's at? You could be on Mars and still negotiate that contract. I mean, I even have someone who does that, and I'm not Zeke Elliott, right? Like, I actually, one of my first extensions of Bleach Report, I was in Canada. We hammered it out. No big deal. Like, well, it wasn't me doing it. I had an agent. Yeah, so I think that they can probably get the Zeke news done. The other bit of news is yeah. with Michael Thomas, your guy, your receiver, comes out Thursday and says he's going to hold out. Uh, I don't foresee this being a long holdout for him. No. I really don't even think that this one is going to be a holdout. I think the Saints obviously are in a win now, like immediately right now this season mode. They're going to pay Michael Thomas, as they should. He's the only receiver on that team. They're going to want to have him there in camp. But he does come out and say he is holding out and he is not reporting to I, camp. I haven't talked to him in the last in a little bit. So this isn't me being a mouthpiece for him because I really don't know what they're thinking. But I would imagine this is just more of a like a visual holdout. You know, like, mm -hmm. I'm not going to go to training camp and get hurt. And you, But you guys know I'm working. Like, I'm not just yeah. getting fat. I'm not. And you know I want to be on the team. Right. But this is just. To move things along a little bit. It's like a little yeah. bit of an ultimatum. Right, because the other holdouts, like if Zeke holds out, I think that's one that could last a very long time. If Melvin Gordon does, I think that one could last a very long time. I don't think there's any way in hell you let Michael Thomas miss games. You no. pay him. Like what, he wants to be the top paid receiver in the league. Make him. He's right up there. He, he's young. He's been the most productive receiver ever in his first three years. Pay the man his money, and it's it's a receiver position. You don't have anybody else taking up cap on that in that position. 
you're going to go ahead and want to pay him. Yeah. Your running back's cheap. Drew Brees right. is not going to be there forever. You locked up Teddy Bridgewater to be your future quarterback. Michael Thomas is going to get paid. Yeah, eighteen million probably is about where I would expect that and to that's come fair. in. Yeah, it is fair. He's one of the best receivers in football. Jalen Ramsey also wants paid. I don't know how you feel about him, actually. I love Jalen Ramsey. I think he's hilarious. Now, if you talk shit, you have to back it up. And last year, I think there was he went on that list of, you know, these are not good quarterbacks. Talk shit on every quarterback And in the then NFL. he got tore up a little bit. And mm-hmm. that's okay. I bet he learned from it. I still think he's the best corner in football. I do, too. And he showed up to training camp with a Brinks truck. Literal Brinks Literal. Truck. I don't know where you even rent one of those. And a driver who had a bullhorn and was yelling like, Pay the man! Like, just screaming, like, give him the money! Yeah. he need, It's like, you need a Cuba Gooding Jr. to show up, show me the money. And Dude, I, if a player did that real like, imagine if a player got or... Cuba Gooding Jr. to <laughs> oh, cut a yeah. video saying, show Mike the money! Yeah, you should do that. definitely should. I, and with Jalen yeah. Ramsey, though, I, I don't even, I hope people don't take it the wrong way, because I think it is more of a joke. I know he had, like, the Instagram live thing. Uh, where they talked about how we're, we're not given any more discounts. They had their chance. I really think that that comes off more as a joke. I don't think this is something where he's actually saying, like, you know, this, I'm going to use this stunt to get paid. I think, obviously, he wants to get paid, but a lot of people are going to overreact to it and be like, oh, my gosh, look at the headache that he's being, the distraction that he's causing in this locker room. And I, I don't view it that way with him. I do think that he's a great corner. I don't know if Jacksonville will pay him. I think they probably should, but they got a lot of guys coming up that are going to need to be paid. So he might be a situation uh, where they, you got to decide who you're not going to pay. Like we've talked about with the Cowboys, Jalen Ramsey could be one of those guys, even though he's showing up with the literal Brinks truck and backing it up. I just don't know how Tom Coughlin's going to respond to that. Tom Coughlin is like, I mean, yeah. he is 97 years old. I think he looks like the crypt keeper. Like he is not there for, Young player antics, I cannot imagine. No, I don't think so either. Like, even can you imagine him dealing with a guy like Odell, who is very, very involved with social media and really has built a huge brand via social media? I think Jalen Ramsey might be the next star to do that. And I don't think Tom Coughlin is the kind of guy I imagine it like our dad is almost 70, (laughs) and I imagine it's how dad looks at me when I do something. Just stupid. If anytime mom shows him your Twitter, yes, <laughs> shakes his head. <laughs> yeah, he's a man of just few words. complete disgust. That's Tom Coughlin when he, when Jalen Ramsey rolls up with the Brings truck. Uh, friend of the show. Um, I hated to see this news because I actually love this man. Taylor Lewan suspended four games, so he has some free time. I think we're going to get him on the pod as long as uh, he's okay talking during his suspension. Yeah, and he came out with the video, which was uh, really good. I was glad that he he got out in front of it. I don't know that anybody really ever suspected him of being like a cheater. Uh, there's just so many banned substances in the NFL. I believe it was Allen Robinson we were talking to. And he's yeah. like, this is the list. This is how you go through and you check it. But sometimes things aren't on the label. Like it's a, it's a very tricky situation. And sometimes these players can get popped for certain things. I know there, there are probably guys out there trying to take – supplements that are banned and that they're not supposed to and they probably know it i really don't think that's the case with taylor lewan i really feel bad for him uh, i know he already apologized to the fan base to his teammates that's a that's a tough go for a guy that is probably just trying to stay as strong as he can be and accidentally take something that wasn't on the label it, it's a tough look i don't know why we can suspend a guy four games for not checking a label too well 
but then we're not suspending other players for some major violations. Yeah, it's a conundrum. I think we'll see that get ironed out in the new CBA. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, you're going to get our winners for each division, wild card teams, our conference winners, our Super Bowl winners. If you've been listening for that last eight shows, you probably already know who all these picks are, but we're going to remind you in a very uh, fun format. We'll be right back. Now, like I said, we uh, the last eight shows, we went through each division. We broke it down. You know, division winner, breakout players, they're good. If you've missed one, go back and listen. I say they're good. Like, yeah, they're really good. Check it out. But they are. You should go back and listen if you missed one. But if, if you don't have time or you are like me and you're just really impatient and want to know who we picked to win each division, we're going to go back through. So Mello and I, we sat down today. We did not come up with new division winners. It did not change. I, You went back through old shows. Yeah, I looked back at our, our rundown that we create. I looked at the record, see who I had. Each team with the best record in that division made them my division winner. If there was a tie, which I didn't have, I just picked the team that I think will probably be better. Same. So I did the same thing. So this is not us just coming up with stuff on the fly. This was the research we did. Eight shows ago. Sometimes when you get two brothers that are very much alike, we have some similarities in the teams that we're going to pick. We spend a lot of time talking about football. I'm sorry that we don't disagree on every uh, division winner because a lot of them are the same. Yeah, it's uh, they're not. There's not a lot of difference here, guys. I would love to tell you that Mello and I are going to fight on this show about some stuff, but. I will say we are going to be wrong about this because, generally speaking, you have about six teams who make the playoffs each year don't make it the next year. So you have a decent amount of turnover. We are really not predicting that. So I think one area where we are going to be wrong is we kind of went chalk with these picks. So Mm -hmm. there is a lot of room. And I want you guys to remember this because I love nothing more than to get a tweet from you guys saying, hey, you were wrong. It's my favorite thing. I love it. So without any further ado, the in a, a English, that's the language I'm speaking. Goodness, it's been a week. It's tough when you traveled so much around it the country. Is. I want to tell, I'll tell you, today I was working on my Jeep and I somehow, my screwdriver slipped and I took a Phillips head screwdriver up the nose and it hit the sidewall of my nose and I have had a headache and a bloody nose all day since. So this actually could be my last show. I probably hit my brain. And I'm dying. I don't remember the guy's name, but you remember the guy that took the thing to like the frontal lobe. Like, yes. you're gonna yep. t- tomorrow, you're gonna be a completely different person. Right, that like, would be great. Total personality flip. Maybe you I'll probably be have nice. to change all your division pick. Right, I'll probably be, people will like me after this. So, all right, AFC East winner is obvious. Is the New England Patriots? Uh, I actually don't have any other team from this division making a playoff run. So the Patriots run away with it again. I think everyone expected. That. Right, and I mean they still have Tom Brady. I mean, that's good enough. They have Bill Belichick and Tom Brady? Right, for the AFC East. And I know that Jets fans, please don't come at me because, gosh, you did when I predicted them to be bad. Dolphins, Bills, I like what those three teams are doing and what they are building. You are not going to beat the New England Patriots. Not this year, not unless something drastic happens and Tom Brady tears his ACL or, or something like that. Otherwise, it's going to be a New England Patriots Super Bowl. I think Jarrett Stidham might be able to beat some of those teams with that Patriots coaching and all the talent they have. So, all right, AFC North, Cleveland Browns. This is one I thought was a surprise. Like They didn't make the playoffs last year. They went 7-8-1. and They got so hot for a moment there. It is the first time head coach of Freddie Kitchens, but I actually think the Browns have just too much talent. They're going to be very, very tough to stop. 
And surprise, surprise, I also have the Cleveland Browns. This is one that I thought I would get on early uh, before everybody else predicted them. And I, I did, but everybody else is kind of catching up. It just makes sense. What they've done uh, over the offseason, the players that they've brung in, it looks too good for them to not win. And it is a tough division like we talked about when we did the previews. I like the Steelers. I like the Ravens. I think they're going to be pretty damn good teams. The Bengals might go winless this year. But the Browns have a lot going on for them. And I think that that locker room can at least gel long enough to squeak out 10 wins here in this season. And then maybe we see it all implode. But I do think they're going to have a very good year this year. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you just said. And, you know, we were just far enough apart in school. We were never in high school together. So is this what it would have been like where we just cheat off each other's homework and come up with the same yeah, winners I, I and think everything so. like that? I think I did steal a couple of your book reports and then the teacher <laughs> would look at me and be like, mm, eh, did you? Because <laughs> this paper looks like it's four years old. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Please spell that word for me. <laughs> All right. The AFC South. I actually really like the Houston Texans. I think they're very, very close. But I had to go with the Indianapolis Colts here. I, I think there's just they're too well coached. They have a very good quarterback. And I think they have a better defense than the Texans. I, I know they don't maybe have a better defensive player. Like one for one, but I think they have a better defensive unit. So I'm going to go with the Colts. Yeah, I think they just have the more established team. I think that is going to be a good battle all year long. And I've already said that I like the Jaguars in this division too. But I do feel like the Colts are quite a bit of ways ahead of both of those teams. When you look at the offensive line especially, you know that they're going to protect Andrew Luck. I think Matt can get things going with the running game. They've got great receivers. And the defense has really shown up the past, I mean, two years, I guess you would say. And then last year with the drafting of a guy like Darius Leonard, what they're doing in the secondary, I think they have enough pieces there to to really run away with the AFC South. And I know we do have a lot of Colts listeners that are going to be very happy about that, but I I really like this Colts team. Uh, It kind of scares me that they have to face my Kansas City Chiefs this year. That's going to be one hell of a game, but for the AFC South winner, I definitely think it's going to be the Indianapolis Colts. AFC West, do we even need to tell you? I mean, you predicted them to go 16-0. and I'm going to say. And that was before Tyreek, we found out he wasn't suspended. That's right. Yeah. And then him coming back. I I do think the Kansas City Chiefs win the West. I do think it's going to be a very tough battle. I really think the Chargers are a great team as well. Trying to do things with Phillip Rivers probably right before he retires. I don't know how many more years he can actually play. I mean, last year he played exceptionally well in the AFC West. And I love the Chargers. I know that I'm a Chiefs fan. I haven't been a Chiefs fan that long. I've actually been a Phillip Rivers fan longer than I've been a Chiefs fan. So I'm I'm looking forward to this kind of rivalry in these two games, at least two games that they're going to play each other this year. I think those are going to be marquee matchups. That's, I mean, must-watch TV right there, even if you're not a Chargers or a Chiefs fan. That's going to be neck and neck, but I do have the Chiefs winning it. NFC East, I think that this is wide open. I will say that. Maybe not. I don't think the Giants or Redskins are that close. But between the Eagles and the Cowboys... Talk about must-watch. Those two teams hate each other, and they're both very, very good. If Carson Wentz is healthy, I'm taking the Eagles. So I put on paper the Eagles, but, man, I don't feel great about that. I know, and I really hope this is the year that we see him healthy uh, for the whole season. I'm not even going to say 16 games. I mean the whole season, the playoffs, a potential Super Bowl run. I really want to see Carson Wentz and what he can do because I think he's going to be a very special quarterback. We've already seen glimpses of it already where he looked like an MVP caliber quarterback. And if he can stay healthy with the pieces they have around him, I think they will definitely win the NFC East. But I do really like the Cowboys, too. I think those are going to be another, you know, 
appointment viewing for the NFC East. Yeah, NFC North, another tough division. I know you and Connor both believe Aaron Rodgers is going to go on a redemption tour this year and just tear people up. But the Vikings are still a very good defense. The Lions, I don't really know what we're going to get out of them. But I have the Bears really kind of running away with this. And I was very close to putting the Bears as my NFC champ. I believe in that team this much. Um, We'll talk more about them later in the show as we get into some of the uh, postseason stuff. But I really like the Bears. Their defense is just amazing. Exactly. And I do think that Trubisky is going to take another step working with Matt Nagy and that offense bringing in David Montgomery. I really like what the Bears are doing. I think that they could be a, a very good team I do think that they're going to win the NFC North, but I do think it's going to be another close one with the Packers. It seems like almost every division besides maybe the AFC East is kind of shaking down to like two teams that you can really pencil in and say, all right, these are the teams that are going to battle. And I think with the NFC North, the Vikings are very good as well and could be even a third team if things go right for Cousins. They've surrounded him with a lot of good pieces. I just don't know how you beat this Bears defense, especially with what they're doing on the offensive side of the ball to pair with it. Uh, and here's a division that is another two-team one. It's the NFC South. I have the Saints over the Falcons, and I I like the Falcons. I know I talked highly about them when we did our NFC South preview. I just I think it's hard if you're not the division winner. This wild card race is going to be very, very intense in the NFC. So, spoiler alert, I actually don't have the Falcons making the playoffs. And I think that there's a huge gap between what the Saints can do and what the Falcons can do. I do have those two teams at the top. And even if you throw in the Panthers as well, the Buccaneers, sorry, uh, you're in a rebuild. I don't think you're anywhere near the playoffs. But those other three teams, I think there's a huge gap between the Falcons and Panthers and then the Saints. I, I love the Saints and Drew Brees. I think that they're ready. They're motivated. They will get Mike Thomas in there again, obviously. Uh, with Alvin Kamara taking on more of a role, that might be very, very scary because he is some carries with Mark Ingram and now that he's going to be that lead back if they're giving him more touches this offense might be even more scary NFC West we just talked about this team on Wednesday morning you heard it we have picked the Rams I I think I don't know why people are down on them I saw a USA Today thing it was like the Rams are going to win like six games or something they did go to the Super Bowl if I'm not mistaken yeah and I know there is a hangover usually like if you lose the Super Bowl you're generally making the playoffs next year statistically is a little bit harder to do but the Rams are just incredibly talented Wade Phillips Sean McVay I think they're going to be okay so I'm picking the Rams to win the NFC West yeah, in that defense, too, I think is very good. They give up a lot of points, but they do take the ball away very well. Aaron Donald's going to get after the quarterback and force the other team uh, into bad situations. And Jared Goff, obviously a very good quarterback, working with Sean McVay. That offense in another year might be even you know the scariest in the NFC, even regardless of what the Saints can do. Those are two very good teams. We saw them last year playing. It was great. I think that's the Rams in the NFC West are head and shoulders above everyone else. Even the Seahawks. Sorry, 49ers fans. I know you're going to hate me because you guys think you're going to go 12-4, and four, uh, but I think the Rams are just too special. I just threw out a record. I don't know if they actually think they're going to go 12-4, and four, but your 49ers, your fan base is really chirping at me and Connor because we both The Niners have a great fan base. Like, underrated. When people think a good fan base is in the NFL, they're like Eagles, Packers, Cowboys, Patriots, Browns. The Niners have like a very good fan base. I don't know when they found Twitter, but I think they had to be like the first people in there. Well, it started in right, California. right there in there. Yeah, yeah. So it's like I, I know for the longest time, um, I don't get the numbers on this anymore. But in the Bleacher Report app, the Niners fan base was the 
biggest or second biggest. So it's, there's a lot of us, man. I mean, it makes sense going from the 80s to the 90s. Obviously, they were very good. And I've never been a Niners fan, but you always were. So I've kind of rooted for them. I mean, I love Jerry Rice and will support him as being like the second greatest NFL player of all time, only because I think Tom Brady's first. But I, I like the 49ers. You don't have to come at me. I hope they have a good season. I just don't think they will. But the crazy thing about that is just my opinion. I could be very, very wrong. No, it's what, a fact. What I say here on this podcast does not affect what they do on Sundays <laughs> at all. Be surprised. I think a lot of fans kind of forget that. Yeah, AFC wild cards. I'm taking the LA Chargers and the Houston Texans. Um, really not anyone else I wanted to squeeze in there, I don't think. Right. The Steelers, and, maybe. And this is where it starts to get weird and everybody's going to be like, why the hell do these guys keep a green? Sorry, because I do too. I think that the Chargers and the Texans are just the next two teams there. I almost think that the AFC has like eight teams that are going to be right there in playoff contention. I The Pittsburgh Steelers are another one. I think maybe even the Ravens could get in there. But you look at these teams, I have to go with the Chargers and the Texans as well. I, I really like what they're doing, and I would not be surprised if either one of those teams won their division, even looking at the Chargers. It would not surprise me at all. I think they're great teams, and they're definitely going to be in the wild card. I would say the Ravens have a shot, too. Yeah, the Ravens. I'm still holding out for the Jaguars. Just with Nick Foles and that defense, I think they could be special if they get Leonard Fournette going. If they can, that's yeah. a pretty big if as well. NFC wild cards. This one was tough. I went with the Dallas Cowboys and the Seattle Seahawks. I've like my favorite stat of this season is that Russell Wilson's never had less than nine wins. I think that continues and they make it. And then I as long as the Cowboys have Zeke, I think they are good enough. If for some reason they don't, I would slide the Packers or the Falcons in here. Yeah, and I do have the Cowboys as well. I'm just going chalk and keeping all the big fan bases happy. I'm going <laughs> Cowboys and Packers, but also because I really do think that they are going to be very good teams. That does come with another another if with Ezekiel Elliott. If he's not there, I really think that they are going to struggle. Uh, and by struggle, I mean 7-9 and nine could be struggling. I don't think the fan base would be happy with a 7-9 and nine season. And then we could see some other teams... Uh, sneak in there maybe even like a Falcons or if probably not the Redskins I was gonna say the Redskins but they got a young quarterback I don't don't know if they're playoff ready yet I don't think so Jim AFC championship game I'm calling it a repeat of last year it was freezing bitter cold in Arrowhead when the New England Patriots barely beat the Kansas City Chiefs well, D Ford is not there this year to jump off sides. I am predicting a straight run through the regular season and to the Super Bowl for the Kansas City Chiefs, undefeated, headed to the Super Bowl. And I am actually, I'm going to agree with you. I think that it is going to be the Chiefs and the Patriots. And I hope that Andy Reid is already talking about how important home field advantage is for this team because the Patriots are so damn good that they even went into Arrowhead and came out with a victory. This is such a good team. You really have to be prepared for them. I have Kansas City Chiefs versus the Patriots. I would predict whoever has home field advantage to be the winner. I do expect it to be the Chiefs, though. I'm rooting for them, uh, but I'm also just picking them because they're probably the best team in football. I really think that this year they're going to take another step forward and they can overtake the New England Patriots. I know we get reviews sometimes where people are like, would you guys just stop being homers? I want to point out that Picking the Chiefs to win is not being a homer. It's realizing that they're also a favorite by Vegas. They've been picked by ESPN. Mm -hmm. They've been picked by our colleagues at Bleacher Report who are not Chiefs fans. This is not homerism. It's we want to be right. 
Right. Yeah. And That's all that matters I was to even, me. I mentioned earlier today, I was looking into buying a new vehicle and I was talking to the salesman and he was like, what do you do? And I told him a little bit about the podcast because he was a Raiders fan and we talked about the Chiefs. And I mean, he was even telling me how great the Chiefs are going to be. This is not me just coming out and blindly supporting my team. Matt, as you've mentioned before, I didn't even think Texas would be in the top 25 last year. I'm not going to overpredict. I thought they're, the Chiefs, I got them at 12 and 4. I think they might actually, they could take a step back. I'm not just going to pick my favorite teams. I'm not that kind of optimistic fan. I'm the guy who, you know, sell low and then you get the big reward. So if they overperform, I'm going to be very happy. But I do think... Under promise, over deliver. Exactly. The Chiefs are just an elite team right now. They have the reigning MVP who looks like he could occupy that position for the next 10 years. He's an exceptional football player. You have Andy Reid running that offense. They've made great steps with the defense and the players that they've brung in. I, I think this is a much better football team than we saw last year. Last year, they were very good. Yep. NFC Championship. I said it on the show a couple days ago. It is mind-blowing to me that Drew Brees has only won one Super Bowl. And that it was a long time ago. That changes this year. I got the Saints beating the Bears. It was almost the Eagles for me. I just don't Ooh. trust Carson Wentz's health yet. I do think the team's talented enough. But I'm taking Saints over Bears for the NFC Championship game. So we got Chiefs-Saints as my Super Bowl prediction. And I'm going to go with the NFC teams. I'm going with the Saints and the Bears as well. I will... I'm ready to see that matchup. I don't remember if they're scheduled to see each other in the regular season. I, I kind of hope not because I want to save it till the playoffs. But this offense against this defense, Saints offense, Bears defense, is going to be one of the best matchups we've ever seen as far as offenses versus defenses. I think that the Bears defense is going to be too much, though. I think their offense with the additions they've made with the Bears is going to be enough to score some points this year. And, I mean, if you get to 21, 24 points a game, I don't know that you can score that many points against that Bears defense. So I actually have the Chicago Bears making a Super Bowl run. All right, so you have Bears-Chiefs. I have Chiefs-Saints. My Super Bowl winner is the Kansas City Chiefs. I know you're all surprised. And I'm going to shock the world here because I have the Bears and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, and I'm actually going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs as well. I'm just kidding. I, I can't. I can't pick against them with everything that they've done. I really think this is their year. Uh, the only surprise, I guess, if I had to put my money on a second team, it would probably be the Patriots. I really think it's going to come down to what happens in the AFC and that one of those teams is going to be the winner. You know, my shtick, as long as I've been at Bleacher Report, is I pick the Patriots to win the Super Bowl every year. Yep. People get mad at me. This is the first year I've ever been at Bleacher Report that I didn't pick the Patriots to win the Super Bowl. And everyone's like, oh, it's so boring. I've been right yeah, like six more times. Often than not. So I'm okay yeah. with it. All right, let's take a break. We come back. You get league MVP, rookie of the year, all the hardware that we're going to hand out. The MVP is really now who's the best quarterback in the NFL. That's the MVP award. It's not, you know, most dominant player. It's not best stats always. It's like, who is the best quarterback in football? They used to even argue, like, who's the most important player on their team? Uh, I don't even know that that's it anymore because then you would see more running backs or even now receivers or edge rushers, shut down corners. I mean, Aaron Donald, I think, is the most important player on the Rams team. He had like 20 sacks last year, and I don't even really think he was ever in real contention for no, it. Like Obviously, and Mahomes. Yeah, other guys had it, but I, you can't pick. It's the Heisman Trophy in the same way. Like They're just going to give it to a quarterback. With that said, it is rare to get a repeat MVP. Pat Mahomes won it last year, 50 and 5,000. Really an iconic year. 
as a first-year starter, 50 and 5,000. So having said all those things, you know the qualifiers. I think Mahomes repeats. I do, too. I have I, him going 16-0. and 0. If they do that, he's, he's winning the fucking award, guys. <laughs> right. And I've said it a hundred times, it feels like, between this and the radio show that we do. If Pat Mahomes has like a down year, he's still going to throw for 3,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. And if the Chiefs are winning 12 games, I really think those are kind of minimums. Those are the floor uh, for at least expectations. I think that that's a, an MVP caliber season uh, based on you know what other players may do that could change. But still, that's one hell of a year. If you're making me take another guy because people are tired of hearing about old Showtime Mahomes... I would actually pick Aaron Rodgers. I said that one another hundred times. So not changing there. I think that it's going to go to a quarterback, and those are two of the top guys. I would take Drew Brees as my I would love plan to B. see Drew Brees, and as much as it pains me, I would love to see Philip Rivers. I would yeah. love to see him get one uh, before he eventually has to retire. Offensive player of the year, not to be confused with MVP, even though, like, I mean, a lot of times it's the same guy, and it's like, it is a little confusing, even. Like, I understand defensive player of the year because defensive players don't win the MVP, but they do hand out an offensive player of the year. I'm going to go with Saquon Barkley. Last year as a rookie, over 2,000 all-purpose yards. I think they're going to have to lean on him even more with Odell, now a Cleveland Brown. Uh, no, Depending on who plays quarterback here because I I don't think we know if it will be Daniel Jones if it will be Eli Manning all year Uh, I think that they will have to ride 26 and he will take home the offensive player of the year yeah and take everything that you said about Saquon and just pretty much apply it to Christian McCaffrey because that's who I'm going to pick here I think with Cam's uh, injury that a lot of the offense is going to go through McCaffrey. Last year, the dude ran for over 1,000 yards, seven touchdowns. He also caught over 100 passes and had 800 yards receiving with six receiving touchdowns. I think that we're going to see both of those numbers go up this year. I think that they are going to want to take a lot of the pressure off Cam Newton, and it's going to go through the running game and not with a quarterback. A lot of his checkdowns are going to happen to Christian McCaffrey. They're going to really want to get the ball in this dude's hands, and he's shown that he can, as of last year, take a lot of those touches. So I think we're going to see that again, and I did want to get a running back some love. I love Saquon, but I also think that offense is really going to struggle this year. Uh, even with him, I, Odell's not going to take away any attention in the passing game. Whether it's Eli Manning or even Daniel Jones, I think that they could struggle in the passing game. Saquon is going to have to be just a beast this year for them to win like, three games. Yeah, Saquon's the man. The defensive player of the year, like you said, last year Aaron Donald went off. He had, I think, 20 and a half sacks. Uh, This year, I'm going to take Khalil Mack because I think that, and I've said this before, I think last year he wore down a little bit, like toward the like week 12 maybe, and I'm going off memory, but it just seemed like, ooh, man, I don't know if he's in, like, I don't know if he was in shape to last the season after the holdout, after the trade. I think this year he'll have had all preseason, all summer training camp to get his body ready, to get his mind ready. So I think we see Khalil Mack, I mean, be who he was early in the year when he was getting like four sacks a game. Yeah, and I think it was even week one or the first game that he came back. Like It was like, holy shit, Khalil Mack is back. And then like the third quarter or fourth quarter, I was like, well, he's actually he's pretty gassed right now. So he might not be all the way back. And that was kind of a problem. I do agree with you. I think he's going to have another great year. Um, I have Aaron Donald here on the rundown, and I think that he can have another great year. But as I think about it sitting here, I actually think that he's going to take a lot more attention this year and that teams are really going to worry about him and key in on him. So I'm going to go with 
like a Von Miller. I think that he can do enough defensively, even though his team might not be that good. I think that he can come in and have that season. I think that he's a little disappointed, even with how stupid the Madden ratings are. I think he's upset that I'm not a 99. Everybody's talking about Khalil Mack. They're talking about J.J. Water, Aaron Donald. And we're forgetting about Von Miller, and a lot of it is because he was not on a successful team last year. He's still one of the best defensive players in the entire football league. I think he's going to have a big year, and I think just like we've talked about with Aaron Rodgers, I think Von Miller is motivated to do a lot of good things on defense this year, and he also has Bradley Chubb opposite of him to kind of help take some of that attention off of him. Rookie of the year. Last year we had Saquon. Baker was a candidate. Uh, This year, you know, there's not that... Uh, Kyler Murray, you know, first pick, he's going to start all 16 games at quarterback if he can stay healthy. I just don't think they're going to be good enough for him to be in the conversation. I'm going to take Nick Bosa. Uh, Maybe a bit of a homer pick, but number two overall pick in the draft. Going to be one of the best pass rushers uh, in football, hopefully, early on. I think we could see him have a Bradley Chubb-type statistical season. And in a year where there's not Saquon rushing for 2,000 yards or Baker you know, that those type players, because I love Josh Jacobs. I don't think he's going to have those type of numbers. So I think it could open the door for a defensive player to win Rookie of the Year. It definitely could, except for my guy, David Montgomery, I do think is going to have an exceptional season. Maybe not what we saw with Saquon with the 2,000 yards from scrimmage, but I do think that he can have a similar season. Maybe not even rush for 1,000 yards because he has a guy like Tariq Cohen in there, but he's also going to catch a lot of passes. I would say 40 to 50 this year with 800 yards. And a lot of the stars that we saw in this draft, if you've been listening for a while, you know it was defensive line heavy. So there are going to be a lot of candidates in there that are going to be getting like eight or nine sacks that are playing in rotations. Even Nick Bosa, I think, is a guy that can have a standout year. But you look at Ed Oliver and some of these other guys that are stars from this draft are going to struggle as rookies. That's just the positions that they play. So I think David Montgomery with the Chicago Bears is in a position to kind of come in, take a couple carries, partner up with Tariq Cohen, get involved in the passing game. And then as the season goes on, we're going to see him used more and more until eventually he's getting 15 to 20 carries and five to six catches every game. And I think he's going to be the rookie of the year. Comeback player. I like your answer better than mine. I'm kind of mad, actually. Uh, I went Le'Veon Bell. I don't know if you can be comeback player when you sat out, but I'm here for it. So you actually, you took my answer. You want to trade? Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> Mine is Jimmy Garoppolo. Coming back off injury, I said it has to be a breakout year for him because you know we need to see the payback from the trade and the contract they gave him. So I think the pressure's on. And I think our, our man Prince Aladdin rises to the occasion. Yeah, and he's he's got to prove that contract. He gets to work with Kyle Shanahan another year. And I did want to put Le'Veon Bell, but you already had him in here. You beat him. You beat me to it. I love players that come in with a chip on their shoulder, with something to prove when it's warranted. Not the Baker Mayfield, I'm going to create a chip on my shoulder even though I went first overall, and I'm going to pretend like everyone doubted me. Le'Veon Bell, when he sat out, a lot of people said that was a bad idea. And it, it kind of was when you look at his contract, but I really think he's coming in motivated. He's already been on Twitter and Instagram talking about how people said he weighed 260 pounds in the offseason. That's something that we heard a lot of. He doesn't look 260. He looks 220. He looks looks like he's in exceptional shape. If you've listened to any of his music, he's already talking about the doubters and the haters. 
And like we talked about with the other running backs here, a lot of that offense is going to go through Le'Veon Bell. I really think they're going to get him involved. I think he could lead this team in receptions. He's obviously going to do it in rushing yards. So even if I haven't predicted Jets' success this year, I really think that Le'Veon Bell is just going, as you say, scorched earth. He's going to be pissed off at the world, and he's got something to prove this year. I do say scorched earth all the time. That's me. I am. I burn it all when I when I leave. All right. Most improved. I'm going with my guy, Mitch Trubisky. I think he just blows up this year. I've said before, sneaky MVP candidate. I think the Bears are going to be unstoppable. I cannot wait to see year two of Trubisky with Matt Nagy, with your guy, David Montgomery, with Allen Robinson, with all the weapons they have, a healthy offensive line. I think Trubisky could have, a, like I've said before, I think Trubisky could have a Jared Goff type year where he takes this team that we all are seeing it come together and like, damn, that looks really good. They can make a Super Bowl run. They really could. The Bears in the Super Bowl, like football is good when certain teams are good. You know, I know you've said that before about the Niners, mm-hmm. like Notre Dame, Michigan, like Football is good when the Bears are good. Yeah, where is the Super Bowl this year? I can't remember. I hope it's somewhere cold. Because if the Bears it make it to the Super Bowl, it just, I feel like there needs to be snow on the ground. It and might I know be that, Miami. Yeah, it's probably not going to snow is. in Miami. No. But having the Bears back in the Super Bowl is actually something that I've never seen. But I think everybody, regardless well, no, you, of uh, when you were the, born... When the that uh, doesn't count. They lost. They were bad. They lost it had Rex Grossman. Yeah. Yeah, but everybody remembers That's the 85 count. Bears. Yeah. Regardless of when you were born, I was born in 1987 and I was raised on like knowing who Mike Singletary and Walter Payton were to see the Bears get back to that would be something just exceptional. I'm here for it. And Mitch Trubisky is going to play a huge role in that. I'm going to go back to my AFC West team and the most improved player this year. Just kidding. I'm actually going Chargers. <laughs> I was I'm going with Mike Williams. Damian Williams. The, <laughs> the receiver out of Clemson, who I absolutely loved his play. Uh, no, he, he still really can't separate, but I think that might be overrated with his game because the dude can catch everything around him. He came into the NFL after breaking his neck. Looked like one of the best receivers we'd seen in a long time. Broke his neck, had to sit out for a while, missed some games. Even his rookie year, I think he was still kind of getting his feet wet, getting used to playing after a very serious injury like that. And then last year, we start to see him take more of a role in this offense, opposite guys like Keenan Allen. He had 43 catches, uh, was a very good receiver, and I think that we're going to see him really establish himself as a number one type receiver this year. Him and Phillip Rivers will get it going, and I think that he's going to steal a lot of those catches. He's going to be the most improved player. Welcome back to Draft on Draft. It's been a while since we've had time to do this on the show, so we do apologize, but we're trying to fit in all the previews, and and that takes a while to do. So, Draft on Draft, first question. Mike Hubbard, what's more motivating for a player, getting extended going into camp or playing on their last year to prove what all they can do on and off the field? I don't think it's that, hey, we're not going to sign you till after this year. We do see that. You know, you'll see a guy blow up like D Ford last year, Mm -hmm. contract year. But I don't know that that's the best for the long term health of that relationship. So I think it's better to like do Kevin Byard just got extended. He's going to play. Is he a fan of the NFL? God, Deion Sanders. I I don't know. We're not familiar with that name. I tweeted this. I don't know if you saw it. Deion to me is as Baker is to you. Oh, God, that strong. I really don't like him. All right. Yeah, I, I get it. I've heard you talk about him before. On and off air. Hopefully everybody gets the joke because 
was it a year ago? A year ago. One year ago, Deion Sanders named like who the best safeties in the NFL were, and he left out Kevin Byard. And then Kevin Byard comes over the top and is like, I think you should probably consider the guys that made AP first team in the NFL. And then Deion kind of chirped back and was like, you just stick to being a fan. I know football. <laughs> you forgot he's to mention. Pro I, I think he is up there. I think he's the top five safety in the NFL right now. And as of one year ago, Deion Sanders did not know who he was. It's too much fucking Botox. That's what that is. Something. So I think extending in them now is better. I kind of disagree. I mean, for motivating a player, I think a lot of guys come in in that last year if they haven't been extended and they're like, okay, I have to go off. And maybe more so in different sports like baseball and basketball than football. But I still think that going into that last year, I think that's your last year to kind of to prove what you have. I know for me as a teacher, uh, my contract is year to year. And I have to wait until the end of uh, like April to find out if I'm getting, you know, that next contract or not. So I really got to turn it on at the end of the year. I think these NFL players are kind of the same. You know, going into that last year, like, all right, I, I got to turn it on. I got to do what I have to do this year, make them see how important I am. And I think that is just a little bit of extra motivation, even though I think at times you're right, it is definitely not healthy. You want that guy that's going to be able to wake up and perform every day, regardless of what his contract situation is. Next question, Riley Loveless. What are the top stadiums you've been to? You can throw in baseball, basketball, hockey. So I think this will surprise people. I bet a lot of you listening have been to more stadiums than me. I have not been to many either. I know like with the tailgate tour last year, we tried to hit up some really cool stadiums. Um, LSU was, I don't even know if I'd say it was a cool stadium. It was a really cool atmosphere. Yeah. Like the fans and every the tailgate was exceptional so I think that one would be high on my college football list I haven't been to any stadiums other than Arrowhead for pro football and Kaufman for baseball no you have I've been with you you've been to a Nationals game oh yeah the Nationals and I guess Fenway, Fenway you could count that one hey, come on who took a screwdriver to I, had today? You. <laughs> I got real drunk at that Nationals game though <laughs> Yep. Uh, I I love Kauffman Stadium. I am going to take the homer pick here. I think it's one of the best stadiums in all of Major League Baseball with the fountains Fountains and what they have as far as like the food and everything. And again, apparently I've only been to three MLB stadiums, (laughs) but I would put it up there with everything else. I liked it better than the National Stadium. I've never been to a Cardinals game. They are not getting my money. I I respect that. (laughs) I think my favorite baseball stadium is, I don't even know what they call it anymore. The Giants Stadium. Oracle Park? I don't even know what it's called I anymore. I think that's Because, like, I mean, hitting the home runs into the water. Um, and it's just a cool... I'm, I sat... Uh, I do love that. I sat right field near the foul pole. Mm-hmm. And it was great. I mean, it's great. Um, the old Ranger Stadium in Arlington was really cool. I liked it a lot. Um, I've been to a lot more baseball stadiums than I realized. For college football, for me, uh, it's Notre Dame. It's still the coolest. Like, uh, the Rose Bowl was really cool. Yeah. The Rose Lad Bowl Peebles. is a fucking dump. Ooh, Lad Peebles Stadium. Yeah, I like Mobile. I don't know about <laughs> Lad Peebles. The the Rose Bowl and the Cotton Bowl, for two of the places that are like church for Texas fans, mm-hmm. those stadiums are just trash. Was the Rose Bowl bad too? Not as bad as the Cotton Bowl, but The bad. Cotton Bowl's shit. The like the luxury suites and stuff of the Rose Bowl were really nice. Like that was all mm-hmm. new and they did a really good job with it. The actual stadium in itself, ugh. Yeah, I've not been there, but those, I mean, those old stadiums, like you play them on video games or whatever, and you're like, oh God, this is going to be so fantastic. I remember walking into the Cotton Bowl and be like, this is fucking it. 
Like this feels like I'm walking into like the Coliseum. Like they haven't updated anything right. here in a hundred years. These seats are tiny. You're packing ten people now are not what ten people looked like in no. 1920 or whenever that thing was built. So it's it's crammed in there. There's no amenities. Like it's just not good. No, it's really not. Um, I think that hits it for me. I've I've never been to a pro hockey game. That's a bad time of year for me. Yeah, I and I don't really follow hockey. I've been to some minor league hockey games. Are yeah. there stadiums like? Are they impressive though? I don't know. I mean, they're, maybe let me know because I think I like a Red Wings there. game would be cool. Blackhawks yeah, game would be cool. Like Predators throwing game. the squid or the catfish on the right. ice that would be cool. I would definitely do that. But basically, just let me go somewhere that I have some room to maneuver about, and it's a good party. That's yeah. what I want. I don't think that I know the Arrowhead is very loud. I don't think it's anything special. I don't think it's great either. I mean, no. they've got some cool things. I think the real party happens in the parking lot. I'm trying. To, I've been to a lot of NFL stadiums too. I like. You've been in Cowboy Stadium for yes, for not for football though. Right. That place is a sh- oh my lord, it's nice, and the Cardinal Stadium is too. Yeah. The Niners Stadium was nice, but it is just in a weird place. And I got half of my face and head sunburnt because wherever <laughs> they sat us for that Super Bowl, like the sun beat down on me so hard, but half of my body was blocked by the sun. I don't is that a humble brag or like no, it's a complaint. Problems? It's like, a God, complaint. I was sitting at the Super Bowl in San Francisco and half of my face got sunburnt. It was you I don't do, expect that. I tell you, we went to the Texas spring game once when I was like fifteen years old and I think I used like oh my god, I was sick, I couldn't come to school on Friday, and then I come back on Monday and half of my body was sunburnt. <laughs> right. And it's like, well, I can't say that I can't pretend I was sick anymore, so right. I'm just gonna have to be honest with you here colt stadium that's my favorite one the colt stadium Lucas oil yeah it's great i've never been inside of it <laughs> oh yeah it, it's great it really is great all right next question we went on that one for a long time charlie maleska with training camp starting up which position group or camp battle are you most excited to watch see hear about i think it's the giants quarterback if it truly is a battle uh, also the buccaneers quarterback um, the Titans quarterbacks, like it's really uh, the Dolphins quarterbacks. It's these situations where you actually might have some competition at quarterback. I'm not going to get juiced for like the Niners right guard position battle. Right. And with the NFL, I, I know it matters, but I don't know that there really are, are, are there position battles. I think when you sign a guy, you pretty much know where he's going to fit on your depth chart. The one outside of quarterback that I do want to watch because I think there is real competition would be the 49ers running backs. They have three of them oh, yeah, that, that could true. be pretty good. And I honestly, I don't know which one is going to get the bulk of the carries. That is one position that I think even the front office and the coaches are like, all right, who's going to be the guy who's going to take the bulk of our carries? Especially and, Coleman and McKinnon are kind of similar. So Right. And then uh, what's his Nuts had a Brita. really good year last Brita. year. Yeah, yeah Brita had, had, looks yeah. very fast. Would fit in with that Shanahan offense. Was healthy last year. Uh, they paid McKinnon a lot of money to be the guy last year. Then they bring in Coleman, who is very familiar with Kyle Shanahan. So I think that's a position battle that I would want to keep an eye on. Last question from our friends at Good Morning Football. They didn't tweet us this question, but they tweeted the question. What is your favorite NFL quote of all time? So I responded on Twitter and said, straight cash, homie. We said each other all the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know that I have like a favorite NFL quote. I don't know. The one that comes to mind is like the playoffs. 
Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jim Morris just going crazy. <laughs> Talking about playoffs? Um, Steve Young saying, somebody get this monkey off my back. After the Super Bowl. After the Super Bowl was a good one. Joe Montana saying, is that John Candy in the stands? That's a good one. Yeah, as far as NFL, though, I think I'm capped out, like, right there. Fred Smoot once said, two-third of the earth is covered by water. The other third is covered by Fred Smoot. (laughs) (laughs) That's a classic one. That is a good one. It shouldn't have come from Fred Smoot, but I'm glad it did because we have it forever. And I hate Dion, but his not wanting to take the wonder lick, and he raised his hand and said, what pick do y'all have? They're like, 12th. I ain't taking this test. (laughs) That's funny, but still don't like you. Yeah, that's a that is a good one from a guy that does like Deion Sanders. I, he backed I, it up. I tell you though, if I were the drafting team, or even if I was drafting at like six, I'd be. Like, oh, I hate that. I hate that mentality of that that cockiness. Oh, but yeah. I mean, he backed it up on the field. He, depending on who he, you ask. Yeah, fourth best corner of all time. There's no argument about that. <laughs> So, all right, that's our show. Connor will be back Monday morning. We will begin our breakdown of the college football season less than a month until college football starts. I am so excited. Hopefully you guys are as well because we're going to spend a lot of the next four weeks getting you ready for that Miami versus Florida kickoff. For Mello, this is Matt. We'll talk to you real soon. 